All right. Go ahead and take your Bibles this evening and go to Philippians is where we're going to start. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to read just a couple verses here and then tell you what we're going to be talking about tonight. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Tonight, what I'm going to, I want to speak about is I want to talk about shy Christians. Okay? Shy Christians. Now, that word shy is a word that you can't find in the Bible. Okay? And there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, being bold and talk about being witnesses. You know, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. And we could go into verse after verse about the boldness that we should have versus like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And you know, but you know how many people today don't want to talk about Christ and then they will say things like, well, I'm shy. And it's like when they say I'm shy, that means, you know, Basically, I have this disability that makes it where I can't do it. And it's like, that's an excuse. Well, I'm shy. Oh, okay. Oops, I, I, I didn't realize that. You know, So, uh, I forgot about that part in the Bible where it said shy people are excluded from you know, the Great Commission. And you know, being sarcastic, it's not there. But, you know, so I, you know, and I was thinking about that a while back. I was kind of studying this because shyness is a big excuse that people use. And I was trying to think of a word in the Bible that would be a synonym for shy. And you know, I'm thinking, and I got a thesaurus, and I looked up, you know, words for shy, and I'll I'll show you a few that came up. And I don't know that you know these are the best ones, but one word that came up as a synonym for shy that we do find in the Bible is shamefaced. All right, anybody? And shamefaced. Anybody know what shamefaced means? Well, there's First Timothy two nine says, "In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but that which becometh women professing godliness with good works." So we see that word shamefacedness, which um, is kind of a synonym for shy, because basically what the Bible's saying. Is when a woman dresses, it's you know she's not supposed to be all you know flamboyant and trying to get people's attention, kind of like we see going on these days. I mean, you know what most women are wearing these days? It's just screaming for attention, and usually the wrong kind of attention, isn't it? And the Bible says it ought to be with shamefacedness. In other words, um, you know, you know, I, I think the uh, when I think of shamefacedness, okay. I kind of think about like my daughters sometimes, like this, you know, Allie, she just got a new dress for her birthday, and she was all excited about the new dress, and after she put her new dress on this morning, you know, she comes, walk, I was giving Lana a bath, and she comes walking into the bathroom and just kind of stand there with that, this look on her face, you know, just kind of waiting for the compliment. She knows she looks pretty, but, you know, she, and she wants me to see it, she wants me to know, but, you know, she's kind of embarrassed too. You know, just, I don't know, that's, that's kind of what I think about when I think of that. You know, you know you look nice, but yet, 
You're not all snooty about it with your nose in the air. Okay, and we all know that type too, don't we? You know, there ought to be a little bit of modesty, a little bit of shyness about it. That you know, yeah, I look good, but I'm embarrassed by it. <laughs> and uh, that's I think that's the attitude. But and so I guess you can kind of see how that goes with shy. But that was in the thesaurus. Another word that was in the thesaurus that is also a word that we can find in the Bible is circumspect. I like circumspect. And I never really thought about that. But Exodus 23, verse 13 says, And in all things that I have said unto you, said unto you be circumspect, and make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. See then that ye walk... And then Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so that word circumspect is basically meaning to be careful. Okay? You know, be careful. Um, and I guess, you know, shy people, you could say they're just kind of careful. You know, they're, when they go around, they're wanting to make sure they don't get noticed. They're wanting to make sure that, you know, they don't do anything to attract attention or they don't want to do anything to make themselves look bad. And there are some things we definitely ought to be careful about. But uh, circumspect was a word. Another word that was in there too was fearful. And uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 8 says, And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. It says in Deuteronomy, people that were fearful going to battle, they said, we're better off not having you in the battle because you're going to get scared and it's going to make everybody else scared too. Okay, And you've seen that before. I'm using my kids for examples. I remember Tommy, he went through a little phase where he was scared of baths because he was afraid an alligator was going to get him. And he had an imagination. I don't know where... You know, he, was, uh, he, he was a strange child, but he, he would get in the bathtub and scream his brains off. And Jason, who was... You know, like one or two, not even two years old at the time, he loved baths. But Tommy would get in there and start screaming like he was about to die, and then Jason would start getting scared and start screaming too. And that's kind of what, when you're fearful, uh, it can kind of spread, can it? And it says, and also in Judges chapter 7, verse 3, it says, Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. That was when God was bringing Gideon's army. From 32,000 to 322,000 people that were fearful, they left. Truth is, you're better in a battle, you're better off without the fearful people, according to the Bible, because they just scare the people that aren't fearful. And also in Revelation 21 8, it says, but the fearful, which means timid and faithless. If you look that word up there, it means timid and faithless. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So notice how fearful the category of sins is put in there with. Unbelieving, abominable, you know, adulterers, I mean, all these terrible things, all liars, idolaters. And so, now, you know, I'm not up here today telling you that if you are shy, that you are the worst thing in the world. But I just want to show you that when we say that we're shy, these um, you know some of the synonyms of it that we do find in the Bible are pretty negative. And the truth is, I don't I believe shyness it's it's an excuse really that we've just kind of made up. It's another word. It's another it's another disability 
that we've invented for ourselves. That's what we do in our country today, isn't it? Whenever, you know, if we're not good at something or if we don't want to do something, we always come up with some kind of disability. We come up with some phobia or we've all got, you know, if you have a temper problem, most people today, well, I can't help it, I'm bipolar. You know, people used to call it just a temper problem, but now it's bipolar. There's medications for it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an official disability. I can't help it anymore. You know, we come up with all these names for things. You know, your boy that you have is a normal boy that, you know, struggles settling down and sitting still and behaving himself. And instead of, you know, giving him what he needs, you know, well, he's got ADHD. And there's medication for ADHD too, isn't it? So, you know, we have an excuse not to, you know, discipline them like they need to, and we just we come up with these disabilities for everything, and you know it works in most places. I mean, I, I've seen it before where some kid will just be throwing a royal fit, and your parents, oh, they have this, and people, oh, okay, you're not a bad parent. <laughs> That's not a bad kid. You know, he has this disability, and we've done that with things like shyness. All the verses in the Bible that talks about us being bold and being a witness, we have went and just said, I'm shy. And we've acted like it's this disability where we don't have to do anything. And that's not the case. Brother Gomez, uh, he has a book that he wrote a long time ago called The Strong-Willed Christian. I remember reading that a long time ago. And I I put this quote. uh, This this is taken from his book. I love what he said in there. But he said, shyness... I love the way he portrays shyness. Because when I read that, I was like, you know, I have never heard anybody portray shy people like that before. But I was like, man, that fits perfectly. But he said, shyness is another strong will power play. Okay, most people who are shy, they don't see themselves as being strong will people. You know, we just you know, oh, they're just timid. They're you know, they're just the quiet type. They're not outgoing. You know, they're not being rebellious. They're not being strong willed. They're just shy. They can't help it. But he says it's a strong will power play. And he says introverted or quiet people think they are not strong willed. He said, shyness is used by strong-willed individuals to control how people will respond to them. Okay, just like if you say I'm bipolar, oh well, nobody's now nobody's going to say anything bad about you, you know, because you can't help that disability you have. My child's ADHD. Nobody's going to say anything to you now, and people think that with shyness it controls how people respond to them. It says people are shy because they choose to be shy. They do not want anyone to respond to them negatively. Hence, they try to control their little world through shyness. Shy people will not stand up in public and sing for the glory of God, even if He gave them a good voice. They will not play an instrument for fear they may miss a note. Whenever someone stands in public doing something for the glory of God, there may be some mistakes made. And since shy people are worried about what people will say or think about them, they control the situation. You see, shy people, they, I think most of the time, are probably some of the most critical people. That's why they're so worried what everybody else thinks. They'll see somebody else get up and sing a song and mess up, and they're thinking, wow, they stink. Instead of, you know, hey, man, that person's, isn't that wonderful? They're trying to do their best. And because of that, they think so negatively of people, they don't want anybody thinking that way about them. So it's like, well, if I don't do anything, then nobody can think negative of me. But if I don't do anything, people might think negative of that. So I'll say I'm shy 
And now I'm in the clear. Nobody can criticize me. Nobody will expect anything from me. I can't help it. I was born shy. But they also said people who do not want to be refused are strong-willed power players. Shy people do not want to go soul winning. But God's command for His children to go soul winning does not exclude shy people. They would rather believe the psychologist and the psychiatrist than believe the Word of God. And so, I mean, I think I think that nails it really good right there. And so, what I want to talk about tonight, the word that I think best describes shy people in the Bible. And I got to thinking about this too. You know, I thought, what's an example of a shy person in the Bible? And I'm trying to think of, you know, all these Bible characters I, you know, we know about. And I'm thinking, who, who would be an example of a shy person? And it took me a while before I finally thought of one. The only reason I thought of one was because I looked up this word that I think best describes a shy person. And somebody, there was a word used to explain that person. And then I, as I thought about it, I was like, yep, that explains perfectly. I think there's a great example of who is shy in the Bible. But let's look at this word first and we'll talk about it a little bit and see if any of you can guess who it is? Who? What? Uh, this? There was a person that this word was used to describe, but the word that I want us to look at it was in the text verse that we read, and that is the word "careful." Okay. Now, when we think about careful, you know, we think you know, kids carrying a glass of water, you know, be careful, don't spill it, avoid accidents. But uh, the word "careful" that we see in Philippians four six, where it says, "Be careful for nothing." Okay, that word means to be anxious about. Or just to have care, or to or to take thought of, okay, to be to be worried about something, okay. The Bible says be careful for nothing, and the Bible says that we're supposed to have a completely different attitude. The Bible says in Second Timothy one verse seven, it says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." Now, does that sound like you know? So when you look at shyness. And when what all that means, and when you look at what God says that He has given us the Spirit of, you know, do you think that shyness is a fruit of the Spirit? That's the thing too with shy people; they act like sometimes, you know, they're better than everybody else because you know you're loud and obnoxious, and I'm quiet and meek, and so uh, you know they'll they'll make themselves better than everybody. But the Bible says God's given us the Spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. None of those things sound like a shy person to me, and. To be shy, many times it is. It's to be ashamed. Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen, it says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Okay, now go ahead and be honest. How many in here have ever been embarrassed before? Okay, <laughs> we've all had our embarrassing moments. Okay, uh, whenever you're having, you know, just talking with people, it's fun when people get talking about their embarrassing moments when they start talking about a time when they were just completely humiliated. Okay? How many have ever uh, been you know publicly humiliated in front of a lot of people? I mean you just embarrassed yourself something terrible. I mean, I mean we've we've been there before and you just now how many enjoyed that feeling? You know? Okay, I mean, how many wanted to go find a cave that you can go hide in and never come out in a million years? It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? And the truth truth is the more you put yourself out there, the more likely you are at some point to just make a total fool of yourself, won't, isn't it? I mean, I've heard people before, and you know, 
I've had, listen, I've had my embarrassing moments and I probably deserve it because, you know, I've, I've seen people before get up and sing specials and just completely bomb. I mean, I've heard voices crack like you wouldn't believe. I've seen people leave crying because they messed up so bad after the song. And, you know, I'm going to admit, I, I thought it was kind of funny when it happened because you know, it's so embarrassing. And, man, when you see that and you think, I would never want that to happen to me. But, you know, you, you put yourself out there, stuff's going to happen sometimes. You're going to be embarrassed. I remember when I directed the choir at Lighthouse, there were many embarrassing moments for myself as a choir director, but even for some of the people in the choir. You know, I remember a few times when we would be singing songs and there was a part where there was supposed to be a rest and everyone was supposed to be quiet and like one person would come in too soon. And of course, you know, in our choir, we, they weren't always real supportive. Uh, they usually would like to talk about that and bring that up. And then every time we would sing that song after that, they'd be warning that person, all right, yeah, make sure you don't sing in that one spot. And you know, it's embarrassing when that happens. And many people, they are so afraid of being ashamed, they don't do anything. And what does the Bible say to do? And here in this passage we just read, he tells us that we ought to study. And you know why a lot of people don't want to witness? It's because they're afraid, oh, I'm going to end up looking bad. I'm going to go and talk to them, and they're going to ask me a question that I'm not ready for, and I'm going to look like an idiot. And the Bible says, well, we're supposed to study. We need to study. And you know, no matter how much you study, you're still going to get stumped sometimes. And you know one of the things I've learned too, and this is just one of the things I've experienced in my own life. You know, one of the most encouraging answers you can give people sometimes to, you know, if they ask you a question about their problem, sometimes one of the most encouraging answers you can get is, I have no idea. You know why that's encouraging? It makes them feel good that they're not the only one that doesn't know what's going on. I've talked about this before, Pastor Terry Angel. You know, he's he's one of my favorite preachers, and I mean, you know, guy seems like he knows everything. He's got all the answers. And I remember I was asking him about something one time, and I remember he's he said, "Brother Tommy," he said, "You know, honestly," he said, "I have no idea what I would do with that." He's like, he's like, "I've never I've never started a church like you have. I've never been in that situation." And it was, I was asking himself about when we just started the church and how to do some things. And he's like, you know, when I started pastoring here, you know, the church had been around for a long time and there were certain things set up. And he's like, I don't know. And you know, it made me feel good. I'm like, man, he doesn't know what to do either. Maybe, maybe I'm not dumb. You know, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, totally clueless. And I, it, it really encouraged me. And, but some people, they're just so afraid they're going to get embarrassed. They're going to look bad. They're going to say the wrong thing. And you know, sometimes you messing something up can make people feel good. Because many people, they just feel, maybe they feel inferior. They feel insignificant. I can never do those things. But if they see somebody else get up there and do it, maybe not do the best job, it might motivate them to get out there and do something. But you know, the truth is, and you've all heard this before, and I know this is something you think people are saying just to make you feel good, but I think it's true too. But really, if you've done your best on something, you really shouldn't be ashamed. Okay? I mean, there's just some things that we're not capable of doing. Okay? You know, my, you know if, if my boys are playing basketball or something, you know, they're, they're not going to slam dunk a ball. 
And, you know, they've played on basketball teams before and they've went and they've played against teams where the boys were a lot bigger than them and they got destroyed in those games. And you know what? There was no way they were going to beat those guys. Okay? They were really small. They were young. The other team was way bigger than them. They didn't have a chance. But you know what? They didn't have anything to be ashamed of because they went out there and they gave it their best. But then there's some people, they could have done a whole lot better, but they just didn't even try. I've seen people get out there before, and you know what? Maybe it was something where they didn't have a chance, but they got out there and they didn't even make an effort. I mean, they failed before they even started. And that's something to be ashamed of. And you know what? The truth is, if you've been studying your Bible like you should, if you've been reading your Bible on a regular basis, if you've been studying, if you've been going to church and paying attention to the messages, and somebody asks you a question and you don't know all the answers, you don't have anything to be ashamed of. And you just you keep going. Hey, I don't know that one. You know, give me some time. I'm going to do my best. But so many people, they're so afraid of messing up. They are disobedient to God. And to be shy and use shyness as an excuse not to do all the things that God commanded us to do. I mean, it's direct disobedience. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Okay? The Gospel will save anyone who believes. It's the power of God unto salvation to all who believeth. Okay? Anybody in this world that you could get to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ would go from death to life. Would die, when they died, they would spend eternity in heaven if we could just get them to believe. And you know how many people probably could get someone to believe if they witnessed to them, but they're ashamed. They're afraid I might get laughed at. Or most of them, I think they're just afraid of the rejection. You know, we hate being rejected, don't we? You know, I mean, we've been there. You've probably been there before. Maybe you tried to be friendly with somebody, and they just kind of rejected your friendship. They didn't seem to care. They didn't seem to want it. I mean, it's it can be tough sometimes when you're out knocking doors. You're just trying to invite somebody to church. You're just trying to give somebody the gospel. You know, I, I can't imagine. You know, telling somebody, no, I don't want to hear about the gospel. You know, but people don't want to hear. I mean, when you go out door knocking, you get rejected all the time. All the time. And you know what? Sometimes it, it, it's kind of embarrassing. Especially, you know, when, you know, and it, it's very rare. It's very rare, but you know, I mean, recently I had a guy that was just an idiot. I mean, just started cussing. Yelling at me, I mean, just saying all kinds of stupid stuff. I mean, it was, and you know, I would prefer to just belt somebody like that. And you know, it's kind of humiliating when you're out trying to do the right thing and you got somebody cussing at you. It's humbling. It's a humbling thing. And I remember one time it was before we started the church, and we were uh, we were over uh, closer to Dixon. And we were knocking doors in one of the trailer parks. And you know which one it's at out there on Route 2. And we were out knocking doors there. Well, apparently you're not supposed to knock doors out there. Well, we didn't know. And um, we were knocking doors and everything's going fine. Well, my brother-in-law, uh, Aaron, he was, he was knocking this one door and tried to invite a guy. And it was, this, it was this young punk. 
And he, I, I heard him. I was, I wasn't far away. And all of a sudden, I hear this guy just yelling at him. And you know, my brother-in-law, he, he you know, I, he, I could tell, man, he wanted to just lay this guy out. But you know, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that kind of thing. And that guy was just being an idiot and give him an earful. And and so you know, he's, you know, he he tells him to leave, and he immediately starts to leave. And as he's leaving, the guy continues to yell at him to leave and to get out of there while he's in the process of doing it. And it was just. And I know him. I'm thinking, man, I thought that guy better stop. He's gonna, he's gonna lay him out. He's gonna lay him out. And he kept his cool, you know. As far as he didn't hit the guy, but all I could tell, he was mad. And I was mad for him too. I mean, I'm just like that guy was an idiot. And you know, it's humiliating getting yelled at like that. And you know, thankfully, you know, it's been pretty rare that that's happened, considering the amount of doors that we've knocked out here. But I mean, a lot of people they can't handle that. They are not willing to suffer that kind of humiliation to have to you know to be treated that way. And let me tell you something. We think we have it bad because somebody cusses us out around here. And I've I've been cussed out several times, but you know I've never had anybody lay a hand on me. And you know how many people Christians, even Baptists, have used the fact that people don't like you knocking on their door. As an excuse to basically abandoning all soul winning efforts. About the only thing they do is, you know, they'll do giveaways at their church to try to entice people in, and that's how they try to give the gospel out. You know, they don't go out and try to do things, or maybe they'll have during the county fair or something, they'll give out free water bottles with tracks or something, and they, they call that soul winning. And you know, if they want to do that, that's fine. But that's not a substitute for soul winning, okay? That is and they have it's they're afraid of it, and it's like, well, you know, our community doesn't like that. I, I've had a pastor tell me that that you know our community, our community uh they do not respond to that. It lost its effectiveness in this area many years ago. You know, even though uh, our church is mostly people that we've reached out door knocking, and I, I don't know what that was all about. But uh it hasn't lost its effectiveness, it's just we've stopped doing it. And people they they don't like that, and so they've found excuses. And then, but yet at the same time, we see in the Bible, I think they hated it even worse, because while maybe we've been cussed out, I don't know anybody in this country that's ever been beat up. I don't know anybody that's ever been taken out and whipped, okay, by the authorities. Taking out and whipped like they did to some of the apostles. I've never heard of anybody being stoned for it. Okay? Not even just by random people, but can you imagine going into a community and the leaders, the rulers of that community says, You're not allowed to do this, and because you did this, we are going to whip you. We're going to throw you in prison. And yet, the apostles still did it there. So I think it's probably pretty safe to say that just because we get cussed out every great once in a while, you know, I probably get a one good cussing out a year. Seems like all I get. I mean, we have a pretty good area for knocking doors. If we were in the suburbs, okay, well, I've knocked doors in the suburbs for other churches before, and I, it seems like every other one wants to be ignorant to me. I'm telling you, man, I, I don't like suburbanites. I know I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> I am thankful for the area I'm in. And this area, while it's got its issues, man, I'm telling you, they're pretty friendly. Compared to most places, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But we don't have an excuse. But shyness people they're they're ashamed. They're not willing to put themselves out like that. And 
we've got to be willing to do that. I mean, we've got to be willing to take the abuse. We can't get shy. We can't get bashful because we're so afraid of what people think and how people feel. You just got to get past that. And it's like you know, uh, you know, like these people that you know, that one guy, you know, last guy that cussed me out. You know, it's just like I tried to remember his face. It's like you know, I'd like to see him in public sometime. In fact, recently, somebody not doesn't live far from here. I was knocking doors, and he wasn't too bad, but he was he was a jerk. Okay, you know, and and I don't even you know, there's that's he was he was just kind of ignorant, didn't didn't do a whole lot, but you know. Gave me some attitude and acted like an idiot. And okay, fine, whatever. And you know, he ran away before I could even respond or anything. Well, he works at a local place here in town, and he works over at the Walmart. And my wife was actually talking to somebody in Walmart, and she was saying something, mentioned something about her church and husband being a pastor. And the guy's like, "Oh, really? You know what church?" And then she said the name of the church, and he got this funny look on her face. He got this funny look in his face, and she was telling me about that. And I said, "Did he look like this?" And she's like, "She's like, yeah, I know who that was." <laughs> and he knew who I was too when she said the name because he remembers just being a jerk to me just a couple weeks ago. And every once in a while, you know, I'll see him in Walmart. You know, you just look, and I just said, "You know, you just look and smile, and <laughs> you know, play play the mind games with people. It's all it's all fun." So I'm not scared of these people, and. When I'm if if I go up to somebody's house uninvited and knock on their door, I figure I'm opening myself up for some abuse. I don't give anything back. Okay? When they act like an idiot, I take every bit of it. I went to their house uninvited. Okay? But it's like, you know, if we're ever out and about and meet each other, it's fair game there. It's equal turf. And if people want to act like you know, if, if they want to remember me and bring anything up, then it's on now, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, unfortunately, I haven't I haven't got uh, the privilege of that yet. But uh, you know, I'm sure it'll come one of these days. But we we can't let shyness. You know, and I said I don't think I'm a shy person. I mean, I'm a pretty outgoing person by nature. But at the same time, I hate getting embarrassed. I hate being rejected. I hate I hate all that stuff. I don't think I hate it any any less or more. Than your typical shy person. I think we all hate it, but some people they just be obedient anyway, and they go ahead and take it, put themselves out there, and that's what we're supposed to do. But an example of somebody in the Bible who wasn't shy, okay, or who wasn't careful, you don't have to turn there. But in Daniel chapter three verse sixteen, I love what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. It says they answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. To answer thee in this matter, okay. So we're not not careful. In other words, we're not being bashful here. We're not being shy, or we're not fearing what we're telling you. And I love what they said. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Okay, he said, our God can deliver us from the furnace. And then he says, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Okay, now, I don't believe they knew that God was going to deliver them from the furnace, but He knew He was going to deliver them from the king's hand. Well, that might maybe through death. Because what was, they're going to go to heaven as soon as they die. And He said, either way, God's going to deliver us out of your hand. We're in captivity right now. If they bow to the idol, they're still in captivity, aren't they? 
And now they're in captivity and they're in hot water because they're not bound before the idol. But he tells the king, we're not careful here. We're not ashamed. We're not bashful. Our God can deliver us out of that furnace. And He's going to deliver us out of your hand. And then he says, but if not, I think referring to delivering us from the fiery furnace, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Man, I love that attitude. And I'm telling you, before long, we are going to have to have that attitude of, okay, you want to pass that law? That's fine. Our God can deliver us. He will deliver us out of your hand. But you know, either way, if He doesn't, we're not going to obey that law. We're not going to disobey our God. Yeah, you can throw us in prison. I hope you don't. But... We're not going to do that. And we've, we've got to start doing that in this country and standing up uh, to these people trying to you know, uh, turn us from God. But I, I love how he said, we're not careful. He wasn't bashful about it. I mean, it was clear to the king. And of course, that made the king mad. And he went and he cranked the furnace. It made things worse. But you know what? Even though it made the king more angry, it pleased God. And God allowed them to go into the fiery furnace, didn't He? But it didn't hurt them. And the truth is, if we do the right thing, we might have to go through some things we don't want to go through. But you know what? If we're obedient to God, He'll be there with us. And we'll be fine. And you know, you get up there, you sing a special or something, church, God will be with you. Yeah, your voice might crack. You might look like an idiot, but God's going to be pleased. So who cares? Yeah, you might face some embarrassing things. You might have to deal with some stuff you don't want to deal with. You might get rejected. You know, you might sing, you know, get up and sing a special with something in church and afterwards, instead of somebody saying, hey, good job, I appreciate you trying, they might say, don't quit your day job. Okay? But you know what? Either way, I'm going to do the right thing. You go witness to somebody, you're going to have that rejection, but just don't be afraid. Do what God has commanded you to do and don't try to act like you've got some kind of disability where you can't do it. So a Bible example of someone who is shy or careful. Can anybody think of somebody in the Bible? There may be more examples, but there was one particular one. Tommy, who? Now Moses was meek. Right? You know, he was meek, but I don't I don't know that he was he was shy. He just didn't think he was eloquent. You know, he could have been trying to pull the shy card, and that didn't work on God if <laughs> if that's what he was trying to do. But careful specifically, this word the word careful is used. To explain this person, it's a tough one. I mean, I wouldn't expect, but I thought if anybody got lucky and knew it, it would give you a good opportunity to look smart. Well, but go, go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at an example of who I believe was a shy person based on what Jesus said to, that, said to her and just what was going on and what she was doing. Luke 10.38 says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to Him and said, Lord, dost Thou not care that My sister hath left Me to serve alone? Bitter therefore that she helped Me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, 
and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Martha, I picture her being the shy one. Okay, She's the shy, bashful one. Mary, she's the more outgoing personality. And here they have Jesus Christ at her house. And I don't know, maybe Martha, she's like, she's wanting to please Jesus. Okay? She's, I think maybe she's wanting to impress Jesus. And so she's working hard to make sure everything's right, make sure the house is clean, make sure the food's good. And she's serving, working hard, wanting to make sure that Jesus is pleased with her house, making sure that she'll be received by Jesus. But then you have Mary. She doesn't care. Mary's just like, Jesus is here. And she's sitting at His feet. I mean, she's getting as close as she can. She's trying to drink in everything He has to say because Jesus Christ is in her house. She didn't care if there was a mess. She didn't care if there was a meal to be made. She just wanted to be near Jesus. She wasn't worried about whether He was going to accept or reject her. He was there and she's just, I want to be there. And then Martha though, she's worried about that rejection. Wanting to make sure she's impressed. I don't know. Maybe she was worried. You know, man. You know, there's all my. A lot of our friends and neighbors are here, and Jesus Christ is at our house. And if they see dust on the furniture, and they see, you know, if the food's not very good, they're going to think, you know, what a terrible housekeeper that you couldn't do a better job, you know, getting your house ready for Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that Mary had chosen the good part. He said, you're careful and troubled about many things. She was worried about all kinds. And Jesus didn't say what all she was worried about. But it was probably the things that we talked about. Impressing everybody. Pleasing Jesus. Wanting to make sure she was accepted and nobody thought anything bad about her. But Mary, she could care less what everybody thought. Jesus was in the house and she wanted to be right there at His feet. And Jesus said that she chose the good part. She had cho- she had done that that was needful. And the truth is, so many people today are missing out on what God has for them. They're missing out on the blessings of being a witness. They're missing out on the blessings of serving God because they're afraid somebody's going to think negatively about them. They're going to afraid somebody's going to reject them. They're going to look down on what they do, and you know, and they're missing the privilege of just being in the presence of God of just serving God and being obedient, they are missing blessings. Why? Because they're shy. And the truth is, their problem is that they're disobedient. And they think they're being noble and better than everybody else. And the truth is, it's the opposite. Jesus commended Mary over Martha when Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha's doing all the work. Why? Because Martha was being careful about many things. But you know, if we if you do want to be careful, okay, or if you don't want to if you want to be bashful and scared about something, there is something that the Bible tells us to be careful about. And that's in Titus three eight. It says this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God, talking about saved people, if you believed in God, if you're saved, okay, not to get saved, but if you're saved that ye might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. If we want to be worried about anything, let's make sure, worry, am I doing good? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am, do I have good works in my life? That's what the Bible says. Be careful to maintain good works. And many of the good works that God wants us doing after we get saved, people are not doing because they're shy. The very personality trait 
you know that um, they are using as an excuse to not do everything. God's saying to have that attitude about good works. That's what we ought to be worried about. And so don't let shyness get you away from God. And so with that, let's all go ahead and stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Shy Christians, it's we just need to admit it. We're being disobedient. God told us that we need to 